0: Hello, hello, hey up, what's up, what's good, que cosa succede, ni hao, privyette, welcome to the Any Given Runway show, I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green, Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, intellectual and artistic people in the world, everyone has a story, each person a scholar. We have an extraordinary show for you today, with an unrivaled duo, world travelers, Jamie Liebert and Sandra Zinoviev joined the show. The world traveling duo is out to accomplish something that's never been done. Jamie and Sandra are attempting to not only travel to every country in the world, but to fly a parachute in every country in the world. Yes, you heard that correctly. The world explorers are attempting to set a record by paragliding or skydiving in every country, and through their website, CaptainManicorn.com, are documenting their amazing adventures along the way. For Jamie and Sandra, the mission is to leave a legacy behind that inspires future generations of adventure lovers to beat the odds that are stacked against them by showing them how to turn an impossible dream into a possible one. There have been more people who have been to outer space than to every country of the world, and only 2% of Americans have been to over 30 countries. Additionally, 76% of convicted felons return to prison, and 66% of former foster youth are eventually homeless, dead, or in jail. There have been 105 billion humans over the course of time, but zero ever attempted to fly a parachute in every country of the world. Now, as you take a look at the numbers, the odds are stacked against them. Their dream is a seemingly impossible one. And that fact alone is why they've made it their life's mission to set a world record by being the first people to fly a parachute in every country of the world. Unlike traditional world travelers, the team is traveling by van, and they're accompanied by their two dogs, Freedom and Journey. They travel in a converted VW-T4 transporter van named Good Times Sally. By participating in a lifestyle known as van life, the duo can fully immerse themselves into cultures and exploring countries that are off the beaten path. On today's episode, Jamie and Sandra describe how much of their plans are thought out and how much are spontaneous. They also discuss some of their favorite interactions with locals along the way. And finally, and perhaps most importantly, Jamie and Chandra discuss why they're attempting this this seemingly impossible record, what their motivation is and, and what they want other people to gain through their endeavors. Super fortunate they both had time to chat with us today. Recently, they've been driving throughout Southeastern Europe, and the quarantine and pandemic situations have made their trips a little more challenging. What they're attempting to do is simply remarkable. It's one of those things when I tell other people, they're like, they're doing what? They're traveling every country? No, no, no. More than that. They're attempting to fly in every country. It's one of those stories that's hard to believe, but it's incredible when you see the progress that they've made. And what's wonderful is they're video documenting their journeys through the Captain Manicorn show. The regular videos highlight the fun adventures, but additionally showcase some of the challenging aspects that occur along the way. And it seems they've had plenty of things go wrong, but that's what makes for a great story. Incredibly lucky to have Jamie and Sandra on the show and I'm thrilled for everyone to meet them. So let's go ahead and bring on Jamie and Sandra making up the duo Captain Manicorn, and let's learn. They more be been to space than have visited every country in the world. It's an incredible bit of trivia and you're attempting to add yourself to the list. So where did this idea first come about for you two?
1: Let me clarify, we are trying to go to space as well, but that's I not this we're trying to get. Okay, cool. Um, actually, the it was... I don't know how we found space. Who found that out? Is it you or me? I know you'll take credit for it, but I'm... It's probably I don't, me. It's probably Anyways, so the, we wanted to know... Oh, it was definitely Sandra. She's definitely booked Like, she finger fucks all day on the phone, and this was some of this useless trivia she found one day that there's only been, I guess, um, 600 and something people to space. And there was a total of like 400 people that have been uh, around the world, but 200 of them documented, the other 200 not documented. Mm-hmm. And the, but that was like, that was, you know, let's say that there's what, 8 billion people right now, like currently right now, but it's also 21, you know, 21st century. So if you take it a step further, not just like the history of existence, you're telling me that there's only been 400 people yeah. that I've ever that have been in every country in the world, but that what sparked that was is obviously what we're trying to do is fly a parachute in every country of the world. For us, a parachute is paragliding, skydiving, wingsuiting, and speed flying another form of paragliding, but a very much smaller wing and, and paramotoring as well. Um, we. I guess you want to break it down to it's like, what's your passion? My passion is flying. I I guess if you like, what is it that you would want to do every day for the rest of your life? Like, what is it like some people like to bowl basketball, whatever it doesn't matter what it is. Right. We all talk about how to make a living doing what you love. And I think there's a misconception a lot of times is like, I don't want to work, like go to an office job. I want to fly. Right. But I don't want to take people for tandems to get paid yeah. to, to, to do that, right? Like I want to wake up in the morning and I want to go to these countries and I want to do exactly what I want to do. Yeah. Not what you know, not what I have to do to pay the bills or what people expect of us. I want to wake up in the morning, be in uh, Georgia, you know, in Europe, not, not in America, Georgia, in yeah. Europe, people listening that are from America, there's something outside of America. More than one, yeah. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. more than one Georgia uh below russia uh and you want to wake up and there's, a, there's a, let's just say that there's 500 things that i want to do in georgia and i want to look at the weather i want to look at where we are location i want to talk to my team and i, I want to make a decision that morning with what i want to try to do yeah and that to us is the definition of an adventure so when you took this whole concept of going to every country in the world for me It was like the never-ending road road trip. But it kind of has like an end date. So it kind of, you know, it kind of like, what would you possibly like? Okay, right, like you win gold Olympic, you're gold medalist. Like, what do you do after you win a gold medal? So we were like, okay, how can we slow fuck this? Well, what if we spent a month in every country of the world? Minimum. Minimum. And that's kind of crazy, right? Because that turns it into a 15-year project.
2: Everything goes according to plan. According
1: to plan and give it a take Uh 30% margin of error. Yeah. Now all of a sudden to me, it's a different record. Now I truly believe the kind of, that I would probably be the most well-traveled human being in the entire existence of humanity, that there will not be a man or woman who have traveled more than Sandra and I. Yeah. That's kind of worth living and dying for. Like that's kind of worth waking up in the morning for. So now you have this record of, let's say, however many people live outer space, but you also have a record of people to every country in the world. But now you have this record to be the most traveled human beings in the world. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like, what, like, what, like, what else, after you hear about that or think about that, like, what else would you do? Like, what else is there to try to do? You
0: mentioned it being a project. And to me, that sounds more like a lifestyle than a project. That's one of the things that fascinates me about you guys the most. With that, I know you've written that your mission is to leave a legacy that inspires future generations of adventure lovers. You don't want to just travel for your own sake. You want to inspire others. So why is that important to you?
1: Well, I think a lot of people talk about – think i I'm going to take it a step maybe a little bit deeper in the philosophical on this one. People tell us daily that we're living the dream. And – my dream was born from four years in federal prison my dream was born from being poor endless days of li- you know being hungry being homeless you know being cold being bullied this dream that everybody speaks of um
2: has its roots in adversity.
1: Has its roots in its adversity. Sandra, you know, her father committed suicide. She was in group homes, alcoholic, alcoholic you know, I love shooting meth back in the day, cocaine, all that lifestyle. So this this dream, this legacy, is to tell people that it's not traveling that they're infatuated with. It it's the concept that we've been talking about is the choice to do what you want. Mm-hmm. And that's the legacy is to tell people that regardless of your and, fix, and, and of your race, uh, whatever that word is, religion, whatever you're born into, whatever the circumstances, handicaps, wh- whatever it is, that freedom is born in your mind. Mm-hmm. And from there, you have the ability to take action. And that's why the legacy is so important because if Anna and I can pull this off, you know, uh, a bartender, two DUIs, group homes, a con, uh, ex-con, you know, drug addict, loser. If we can pull this off, I know it's a shame, but it's really telling anybody out there that there's anybody can do it. And you yeah. just have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And I think you said that when you are talking about the airport. Yeah. If you can take what we do and you can find comfort in being uncomfortable or problems that arise if like you know like your tires blow up your car whatever you're cutting your hood you know your whole top of your car off and you're staying in some guy's house that you've only known for three days eating dinner and taking showers and all of these things if you can all of a sudden find joy in that then everything becomes an adventure and then that's worth another you know you tie it all again that's what we're really talking about we're talking about the dream a legacy to show young people that it's not all daffodils and and ducks that you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable and that you have to work hard. You have to get up at five in the morning and go to bed at four in the morning sometimes. And it just is what it is, but you have to enjoy that. Yeah. Not bitch about it, not call it work. That the the legacy is to find something that makes you want to get up at five in the morning. Um, I don't know if that's made any sense to anybody out there other than my own mind. Well, yeah.
0: listeners of the show know that the phrase being comfortable in uncomfortable situations" is something that we routinely talk about because many times, like you mentioned, it's the adversity where these great ideas come from. So Sandra, I'm curious for you, how much do you enjoy and how much have you grown and evolved from the day-to-day uncertainty and the, and the week-to-week uncertainty that you guys do face? Because there are, with all that uncertainty, there's so much time for things to go wrong, but things that go well as well, and I'm sure you've grown a lot.
2: Oh, man. I can't. You hit the nail on the head um before i met jamie whenever i encountered any kind of adversity any kind of problem pretty much my brain would just melt and i would Mm -hmm. freak out and over the years through our travels we've been on the road for a long time i finally learned that there's always going to be something that's going quote unquote wrong there's always going to be something that's going crazy that i can't predict and i don't know what's going to happen but what I've learned is that there has never been a situation that I considered bad that didn't end in some kind of good. And this goes to something small, to even some of my hugest life events. For example, my father committing suicide sent me down a path that I could look at as um, a disaster and it, you know, a lot of pain. But because of that, where I came out, I would have never met Jamie. I would have never been on this road now. And it can be something as small as our van breaking down, having problems, right? But now we found an even better van. We're on a crazy adventure building a new van. Yeah. So I've learned to embrace anything that comes our way and have a, um, a blind faith knowing that you know, the universe has put it there for a reason. And it's taken my entire life to really figure it out. I'm still on a daily basis kind of figuring this out. But that wouldn't have come about without the travels and the adversities and the problems and the craziness and everything that comes our way every day.
0: Oh, geez. That is such an amazing answer. You're galvanizing me just as I'm listening to it because you can tell that I love your philosophy. <laughs> I love that you have decided in life that I'm going to take anything that happens and I'm going to make it a positive. It's just fantastic. How about just the, the actual aspects, logistics of your guys' trip? How are you guys choosing the routes? How much of it is is planning and how much of it is spontaneous?
1: Well, I'm OCD. <laughs> uh, Believe it or not, I, um, I think one of the g- biggest gifts that I have is the ability to think. You know, I drive sometimes eight hours a day, six hours a day. There's no, um, I can't sit still. So I drive every day. I never try to sleep in the same spot. I never try to, you know, sleep in the same location more than once. It's, it's exhausting, but at the same time, there's nothing more refreshing than a new sunrise to refuel my tank so every day while i'm driving we're trying to think about where to go fly you know paragliding or wingsuiting or whatever it is so we kind of live um you know literally day to day but there's always this overarching plan of like the next country we're going to right now is turkey um that's easy because it's the last balkan or last we've been to all the balkans this year but honestly with COVID it's, it's really hard, right? Like this is obviously, um, been the biggest challenge of our lives is to try to set a world record for traveling to every country in the world while there's a a worldwide (laughs) lockdown. So for us, it was really, we really wanted to be in Greece last uh, July, but because of COVID we couldn't. So we ended up in Serbia. I wanted to go to Turkey, but in, in April, but I couldn't. So you know this whole chain of events, it's like really like we tried to plan in the beginning and then realize that you couldn't plan it. You can have a general idea of where you want to go based off of weather. but really you have to wait until about a week before we're ready to leave to see what border we're close to. Yeah.
2: what's open and
1: what's open <laughs> and what's going to be open. A lot of it's been political driven mm-hmm. uh, because the governments at when we were in Serbia, uh, there was elections, and a lot of the Balkans were having elections this year. So we were noticing a trend that before elections, things were very loose because the, you know the government was playing its games. And then as soon as elections would happen, they would go into a lockdown. So as soon as we would hear these things, we would bail from countries. Yeah. Um, so that's been a, a big challenge uh, trying to plan where to go. And honestly, and,
2: and it really depends on weather too, because we're yeah. in, live in a van. We're very weather dependent. Yeah. So we, as it gets hotter, we start to go north, and then we look for elevation. And then as it gets colder, we go south. And then we're kind of just doing this kind of wave thing throughout the world. Climate and control, we know yeah. We, we know regions. We know next we want to head to Turkey and then keep heading east to the Caucasus region, Armenia, Azerbaijan. I can't say Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan.
1: Yeah. Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan, yeah.
2: It's something like, I'll, I'll know once I get there. <laughs> I don't
1: try to. I'm illiterate. Listen, I got a GED. Like, I didn't know Serbia was a country. I called I didn't it know
2: Siberia for, like, I, the first two weeks we were there. I was like, Jamie, that, yeah, like, Maybe that's why it. you started
0: to do it, Jamie. Maybe you thought there was only, like, 50 countries in the world. That's why you actually wanted to do this. You didn't realize there were so many more. <laughs>
1: I you know listen if you if there's more countries than I have digits to count I get lost man when I start taking my shoes off to count where I'm at I get lost I get confused you know I'm from Blythe small town we're not that smart there I want to ask about the politics and the bureaucracy aspects have, yeah,
0: but before I get there I know that the first time you and I chatted over text I told you about Turkish food because you were headed
1: there so how has the Turkish food experience been for the both we're not in Turkey yet we're heading there next okay. we'll talk again after there but I have had this Turkish food it was called oh man. How it, was a,
2: it was a it was a circle of mozzarella cheese and then they wrap it in this like uh breading we're just saying then random words it with, sugar. Random,
1: random with honey <laughs> and on the outside it
2: was sweet. Oh. we've we, we started to discover some they do have some turkish food oh. here food that has origin from turkey and people let us know like oh this is normally turkish but we've yeah. been warned that the sweets and the food they're going to be rolling us out of turkey. Like, and I try to eat orchid. a sweet
1: a day. I try to go to some sort of bakery. Part of my favorite part of traveling is the sweets.
2: Because he doesn't know what anything is. So he walks into a bakery, and has no idea what any of it is. And he'll be like, I want that and that and that. And like sometimes some of it will be terrible once in a while. But for the most part, everything's delicious.
1: Like today I bought, I, we were staying at this person's house. So I wanted I was craving some sweets, so I wanted to say, say thank you to them. So I bought them a 20 euro ice cream cake. And really, it was to say thank you, but really, I just wanted something sweet to eat. <laughs> but I tried to do this every day. Um, and I work out, that's why I work out for hours and hours and hours every day, uh, just so I can maintain my figure and eat sweets every day. know, <laughs> I'm 38 years old now. And it doesn't come off like it oh. used to. So I have to, I, I, as I'm doing jump squats and these plyometric workouts and killing myself, I'm just thinking I'm going to have chocolate later today. It's all oh, good. Exactly. It's worth it. That's the motivation chocolate. you need. When it comes to
0: planning things out and politics bureaucracy gets in the way. So Sandra, have you ran into some problems, not necessarily with even COVID related, just other situations where you weren't allowed in or maybe there was an area that was dangerous and war-torn and you couldn't quite get in or the passport wasn't valid. Just all the bureaucracy that comes with that. Have you experienced any of that?
2: Um, any problems? We've only been to nine we've been to nine at two borders so far, and usually it'll be something every time it's been something, three borders actually. And usually it's just the dumbest things. The first time it was COVID, they were closed, you we couldn't get into Bulgaria. Um, we got to Turkey and we didn't have twenty Euros. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't have twenty Euros on us, they needed the twenty euros for a visa. Yeah. So and then they they told Jamie that there was an ATM inside of Turkey and that they would let him in but he had to it was nighttime he could have to run to the <laughs> ATM so he pretty much ran like 20 minutes into Turkey like a crazy man across the border to try and get 20 euros but then there was some kind of issue with the van mm-hmm. so we couldn't get in and then we ran into a problem with the dogs we at a point
1: officers in Bulgaria
2: Oh yeah that was a good one. It's always borders yeah it's like whenever yeah. something good happens it's going to happen at a border. Uh, we had a problem with the dogs because freedom's a pitbull and... Um, they, they, yeah, they... Oh, yeah, getting into Norway. I almost didn't get into Norway when I flew out. Um, we have had... We have bribed some cops at Borders. So Jamie got caught actually bribing a cop. a
1: lot of cops, yeah. But yeah we, we
2: got pulled over. It's kind of it's like a trap they do in Bulgaria. It's a very poor country. And as soon as you go in, they, they stopped us. It was middle of the night. They didn't know Jamie was holding a GoPro and recording the whole thing and pretty much told them the code is... You know, can I pay, you know, can I pay this later or can I pay this now? No. So oh.
1: anybody out there listening to this, here's the code, because you don't want to be awkward and say, Hey, can I give you money to get out this ticket? You say, do I have to go down to the station or can I pay this right now?
0: Oh. In that,
1: they'll let you pay it. They'll always let you pay it right now. When I was in Africa, I was bribing too much. Now I start off with like five bucks and I mm-hmm. go from there. It's always enough, anyways. So, anyways, I was there. So I was GoProing this guy, and I'm trying to get him to say as much incriminating information as I can, not to get him in trouble, just because I thought everybody loved to see it. Yeah. But my uh, my GoPro all of a sudden started making a, He saw the lights. Uh-huh. So I already gave him the money. And I already had it all on film. You're walking
2: back to the car, and I'm
1: walking back to the car, and he's like, "Hey, hey, you stop!" And he's like, "What do you got there?" And uh, he throws the money back at me. And he tries to get me to stop and I'm like, yeah, no, no, I'm good. I'm okay. And I literally walked back to the car and got back into the car. It's because we caught each other. It was the weirdest. It was the weirdest bribe I'd ever done and got caught <laughs> bribing him. It was a it was a cool moment.
0: Do you yeah. have any concerns for some of the countries that you will visit eventually that are in war-torn situations or don't look too highly on American visitors? Do you have plans for that?
1: I, I think that you know, listen, I think as Americans we're pretty ignorant. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of um Lack of information out there, and uh, like the Balkans, if you know, it used to be obviously one country, right? Was yeah, Yugoslavia 20 years ago. But when I was getting out of high school, obviously, they didn't teach this, so I would have never known that the Yugoslavia got broken into all of the Balkans. Yeah. And when you're here, like you, people have no idea what's going on in these individual countries. Like, you know, reality is that America caused crazy wars over here between Serbia and all of these other countries so that they can put military bases in there that we were killing women and children and getting wars to fight with each other. So I think that the, the best way to look at it is, is that I think that it's nice that we live in this bubble in America, but in the real world, I don't think anybody hates us. I think that there are pockets of anger towards us doing what we've done. But at the same time, I think that the most, hospita- most hospitable, hospitable. hospitable people are, are yet to come from those war-driven areas. The people who have lost everything seem to me to be the most humble and down to earth and the willing to give the most. We were in Africa and the poorest country that I've, you know, in some of the areas, the slums, you know, they've got trenches for toilets. And I was walking through the hood, straight hood, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you were in America, like the Americans ain't never seen nothing like this, right? Like yeah. kids playing with bottles and rims and trash toys and this kid little black kids walk up to me and he cracks uh gives me a walnut like you can tell these kids ain't got no food they look like they're starving pygmies for god's sakes and this kid shares his food with me and instantly i crack it open and give some to him and, me, and i share a meal with this kid right and, and i think that that's like That's the mentality that we should be taking into all of this. Not what am I afraid of or who's out there that's going to try to hurt us. I can tell, I can tell you that I'm from San Fernando Valley, right? Like let's go down any, you know, like let's go down to Compton or Mulwood in the middle of the night. You know I mean? Like uh, a little white boy or a little girl, you know, out there. and Let's see what happens. Right. Or even wearing the wrong colors for God's sakes. Like we got our own gangs. We got our own terrorists. You know, we got our own uh, shit in our own backyard that we need to be worrying about. Not what other countries, think of us or what other countries are going to do when we get there i think that they deserve us to go there um and respect what you know and and respect the history of their culture and to know that they've been around a lot longer than us america's only like 240 years old for god's sakes we're in greece right now this country's been around since the beginning of time crete is the like they say it's the the origin of life that's that and it's still more undeveloped than most places so that's the kind of like culture and respect and love that i want to take like like the world is so much bigger than we know and older and has existed longer than we will ever exist so we just i just i just think people are awesome and i, I don't want to go into it i don't want to go into it being worried about it i don't you know like listen if they chop sander's head off and all that and try to hold our ransom i have five bucks on it you at know at least I mean,
2: 10 at least 10 10 uh, before we thought of the record originally i didn't really want to go to africa no she told me families.
1: hell no she said i'm not going to africa so we're to go to zimbabwe well, and all we
2: were, yeah we were in europe and he's like why don't we drive into morocco we can drive around africa i was like nope yeah. nope and then we thought and then the record came in existence and all of a sudden it became like a transitional like okay yeah. okay this is you know it's gonna happen and yeah. since then I, we've had a lot of people talk to us about you know we're going to iraq we're going to the congo we're going to some sketchy places but the only opinion that I really have of these places is what's been fed to me through the media. I don't Mm. really, I don't know anyone. That's myself personally that I have as a friend that's been there so I can only judge it on what I've heard. And of course, what I've heard from the media is nothing good, but we all know the media is not really the most reliable source right now or ever, ever. ever. (laughs) So I've learned that I just need to go into it with a clean slate. Yeah. And all that chatter that I have in my head, all because I do have fears, right? Like I do get nervous, and you know it's going to be—I won't be sleeping as good in in Iran or Iraq or Congo as I do here in Greece. Or maybe I will. Maybe I'll sleep better. I don't—I have no idea.
1: Whatever. I have my—I have my—I have my Glock loaded. We were throwing an event in Detroit. I don't want to hear that. That's what I'm telling you. Like <laughs> I was in Detroit, and we threw an event, and I had—you know—I mean, like I, I was locked cock ready rock, rock like yeah. out there. So yeah. I'm, I'm like. I'm not saying that we're ignorant, like I'm, I'm an ex-con, right? So like I've done, I, I know what violence is. And honestly, like when you're things you could do to be cautious, you know, like when we're, we don't go through cities at night, like we don't drive in cities at night. We don't go down roads when we're in like unknown territory mm-hmm. where I can't make a full U-turn without having to do a three-point turn. I try to always be aware of that. Like when we were driving through some places in Africa, I have my hand on my machete for sure. Um, I'm, I'm always cautious of it, but you know, like, you know, they were throwing, when we were there, they were throwing tires, burning tires and stuff off of overpasses so that it would hit people and then going down and robbing and killing them. So it's, it's, it's real, like danger is really there. I'm not saying that we're ignorant. We're, 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 you know, not paying attention to it, but I mean, that's, you know, just, be, we can always have fears. You can be afraid every day. It doesn't matter whether it's here or America, or wherever it is, like people are, are good or people are, are bad. And you always want to be prepared to deal with people that are bad, but I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for the people that are good. And yeah, if you that's do what, look
2: for the bad, it'll find yeah. you. Yeah, we're, we're looking <laughs> for the
1: I people agree. that to stay in their attic, you know, and, and feed us. <laughs> I admire the philosophy that both of you have, especially
0: Sandra, how you have evolved and, and were hesitant to go to some places. Now you just love it. I think it's great. For you, Sandra, are there certain locations that – you, not necessarily your favorite or that you love going to, but that you're the most proud to go to. For instance, like for me, there are certain countries that's like, I'm just glad I went there because most people haven't gone there or I never thought I was going to be there. So, is there one that stands out for you that you're just proud that you went to?
2: I was really proud to go to Romania. Mm. My mother immigrated from Romania um, 40 years ago and during the communist era. And she worked really hard to leave, could have been killed for her efforts, and started a whole new life in America, California, where I was born. And during a road trip, I really wanted to go to Romania because i didn't have i didn't really know anything about it and I kind of wanted to see where she had come from and it was eye opening a lot yeah. Romania is very poor as well, and a lot of the communist buildings are still in existence. We lived in one for a little while during the pandemic actually there was a family apartment that was empty that we went and stayed at and then ended up getting stuck there when the pandemic hit and Really getting immersed in the culture of my heritage was an amazing experience to kind of see what my mom had come from and understand her a little bit more and then we ended up getting stuck there for six months during a pandemic so that was definitely an an interesting experience to live in a whole nother world for that long um but that was probably definitely on top top of my list
0: jamie when it comes to smaller countries that might be more difficult to find some type of air activity skydiving whatever it may be i'm thinking of i'm thinking of vatican (laughs) vatican city san San marino and even monaco what what are the plans for those Bail money? <laughs> <laughs> Have you attended these already?
1: No. Um, you know, no. Listen. Obviously, there's a million um, problems ahead of us. Mm-hmm. I'll deal with each of them when we get there.
2: Challenges, not problems.
1: Yeah, they're challenges. But Fair I enough. imagine, yeah. like the the Vatican, I imagine that's gonna be like one of those ones where
2: be a really low base jump
1: ask for forgiveness and not right. for permission and that's the place yeah. you ask for forgiveness at. there exactly <laughs> exactly
2: There's, there'll be lots of options we have
1: all the tools you know listen we have great sponsors and we have great um dreams but the reality the fact is it's how good can you bullshit when you land you know what i mean like because sometimes you're gonna get caught and it's just a matter of getting kicked out of the country or you know like having a ticket but nobody's going to lock you up in prison forever for you know base jumping into the vatican i might get you know to them it's probably going to be like the biggest sin in the world and this crazy thing that happens and they're gonna like, oh my god, how crazy and retarded are you? <laughs> but it, like at the same time, they're not giving me an option. Like they're not like, hey, you know, let us take the Pope's heli out and we'll let you yeah. jump out of it. And it's like not like, that's not really not unless gonna, we ask. Yeah. Unless we ask, but yeah, I don't <laughs> exactly. think in doing that. So you know, we don't want to ever be disrespectful to anybody. We're not trying to break rules of the laws. We're not rule breaker, law breakers. But we do know that we need to push the boundaries. And sometimes I think you know people are worried about you know North Korea you know, the Vatican, different ones like this. But you know, to be honest, I'm not really worried about them because we know what we have to you know, we, we know we're gonna have to break rules to do that. Jeff. Yeah. I'm more concerned about these places like in Africa or some of these countries where they've never seen a human being fly out of the sky. <laughs> right? Like like they've never seen <laughs> somebody flying a paramotor or paraglider. Yeah. Like dude, are they gonna throw spears at us? Like dude, what? Like, you Bowls know, like and Bows and arrows. Like people will get crazy when they start seeing you fly overhead, right? I got, more, I got more problems ahead of me, right? Like, yeah, dude, I'm going to have some dudes throwing spears at me. Like, I'm trying to land. I'm, I don't know, man. I'm more worried about that. The Vatican, yeah, we're going to get a ticket. We're going to get some gear confiscated. But if we can hopefully do yeah. it and do it cool, that will be, you know, whatever. So,
0: I know you mentioned earlier about the wonderful experience with the child in Africa sharing a walnut. And I know that probably throughout the travels, one of the top things for you guys is, aside from the fun and the excitement and the adventure, is just meeting a lot of interesting people. I bet you've got just tales of telling tales. So, for both of you, which have been some of the most memorable interactions with some of the locals?
1: Such a loaded question because we always (laughs) don't know how to answer this. Yeah. When – I'm not a religious human being. I'm not a spiritual human being either. But I do acknowledge that there's a universe with bigger powers, obviously, than we can fathom, right? Because nobody knows the answer where we came from. So there's obviously something bigger than all of us out there. And about two years ago, Sandra and I both were talking about, you know, like they, they made a book, The Secret, whatever. It's, you know, you, you, you mm-hmm. think something so hard, it comes to premonition, whatever. But reality was, is for both of us, it's the same answer. It's, we have had this weird thing where anything that we've asked for in the last couple of years, it has come to us quicker than we can fathom. And it's mm-hmm. never, Sandra has a great analogy, I'll let her say it, but it's never been in the form of, hey, we need money or we need a van. It's been in the form of here's somebody that can help you if you're willing to put the work in and they have friends and they have yeah. connections and it goes down this crazy adventures. Why don't you tell them your, your pizza analogy or whatever your, what is it? <laughs> well,
2: the way that I look at it is that you can, I can tell the universe like, okay, cool, I want pizza. But the universe isn't going to give me pizza. What it's going to give me is some flour. It's
1: mm-hmm.
0: going to
2: give me some eggs, some dough, some tomatoes. It's going to give me everything I pepperoni need. Pepperoni and pineapple. Pepperoni and pineapple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, you know, everybody agrees with that, but I agree with okay. pepperoni mm-hmm. pineapple. And it's going to give me everything that I need, but it's up to me ultimately to make that pizza. Mm-hmm. And that's really from our experiences with people in the past, well, past forever, is that the people we meet along the way, it'll be very, very uncanny when we meet people, the things that are missing from our life, what they bring into our lives. Um, Example, last Christmas, it was Christmas day, and we walk into a store and we're going to buy some honey because we have a honey problem. Mm. And as we go in there and the owners would have met Jamie, it was the second jar of honey. They had met him the week prior when he bought some honey. And all of a sudden now we have the owners, the shop owner, we have her mother, we have her father, and they're talking to us and they're like, are you guys hungry? And we hadn't had any plans for Christmas. We were just gonna go to the beach, have a little campfire. We're like, um, yeah, you know. I uh,
1: she did say, I say yes. And I mm-hmm. am always hungry, and I will always yes. eat local food. So yes.
2: Long story short, you know, we didn't have any family interaction for Christmas because obviously our families were far. We didn't have any food plans, any home cooked meals, and we had talked about it. Then all of a sudden, the next day, what they they had a, in the back a kitchen. And they cooked up for us a pot roast. I mean, they gave us all kinds of food. Probably could have fed a small army, like six or seven people. They had us come back in a couple hours and just loaded us up with all the Tupperwares to take to our bonfire, enjoy it. Mm. And it's just, it's interactions like that. Well, take
1: it a step further. The reason why we had a bonfire was, see, we wanted to have a fire, but we couldn't find firewood anywhere. Mm. No joke. So that morning, we had been talking about wanting a bonfire for like two weeks, but we couldn't find wood anywhere. So that morning, a guy on a tractor with is a driving.
2: Cart, he no, goes, with the
1: full yeah, with a full cart coming back at us, he gets stuck ten feet from my van.
2: Guess so, what's in his cart? I guess
1: what's in his cart? Wood. wood? <laughs> so literally, like we all go help him push. Obviously, and the guy uh, offers us a, a, enough wood for two nights for the bonfires. And then we had because of that. Then we had the guy offer, the the, the family offer the food, and then we had the barbecue. And then we had a couple hang out with us. Then it just keep, it keeps going. Yeah. So I guess that's the best interaction for both of us. We like My car broke down. I met a guy. Uh,
2: two days. Or the next day, didn't it?
1: Yeah, the next day, it, You know, we met George. George. We go to Sparta to help him. And then something else happens. And people are just literally, I think because the record is so cool and people are so stoked, Mm -hmm. Um, not everybody has a lot of money. Not everybody has the ability to, you know, to help us out financially, but they all can let us have a shower or they can give us a Jack or or they can give us a home cooked meal. And I think that we're all so sincere that we all recognize this power that it's just this big universe of love. And we're friends with all of them. still. it's the craziest shit in the world, man. I swear to God, but that's Mm -hmm. been my biggest, my biggest
0: you're right it comes across as spiritual like you said like it's you know when you put yourself out there that's what you get back it's fantastic so tell me about the show captain manicorn what can viewers expect and how
1: can they find it and how often are episodes uh so it's this show that follows us around as we set this world record but really it turned into the biggest shit show in the world essentially what happens every day doing the lifestyle that we live shit just blows up goes crazy burns down get arrested bribes cops Um, vans blow up, things of this nature. So this show really, I'd like to say it's this really cool show about flying parachutes, but really it's this really show about how how much shit can possibly go wrong every day. And we've done a really good job of documenting it. So, you know, where I think you'd want to see these lovely drone shots of, of beautiful waterfalls. That'd be great if I didn't get my van stuck in the water at the base of it and it's going to flood or there's some fire happening or we're getting chased by something. I don't know. That's So Captain Manicorn is supposed to be a show about flying parachutes in every country in the world, but really it's a show about capturing all shit that goes wrong, traveling the world on the longest road trip to no man. Mm-hmm. Welcoming Murphy's Law,
0: embracing and, and expecting Murphy's Law.
1: It's going to be Jamie's Law at the end of this. Is what
0: <laughs> Normally towards the end I ask, yes what their plans are, what their goals are. Now, I know your big goal on the big stage of what you're doing, and I know also you're being spontaneous, but what can followers expect for the next few months or the first half of 2021?
1: Well, we're actually making history right now. I think the biggest project that we have is for the next, which is supposed to be 40 days, we're building the first VW with those with a pop-out. It's never been done before. We're supposed to be going to Turkey, Uh, We only have so much of a budget and I think that the biggest adventure we're going to have is this probably going to go over budget and we're going to be broke and we're probably going to go over 40 days. So there's all kinds of things happening. But I think that after that, it's, it's endless. We're going to, if we were getting stuck and blowing shit up as it is now, wait till we have four wheel drive. Ah. Mm -hmm. So I think that. The, so have.
2: excited about the four wheel drive I We, think we that, get stuck yeah. and we have encountered a lot of problems With the, the two wheel drive van that we had mm-hmm. And just getting stuck mm-hmm. Or being in situations that we don't want to be in I think with the four wheel drive Part of me is excited about it Because it's going to allow us to go places we couldn't but part of me is definitely nervous about it because I know Jamie likes to push the boundaries and he's going to push this thing to its boundaries. So it's going to be a, a good adventure. I just
1: see endless fights, to be honest, with yeah. Sandra and I. She, she's got to be the spotter and it's always an argument oh, anyway. He's
2: like, put the rock to the right. I got I to build rock bridges. I'm
1: not really good at communicating. So even when I want to talk quietly, it just sounds like I'm an asshole yelling at her and she's quietly yelling back at me. Like, I don't know. So I guess that's gonna be the challenge. That's the biggest adventure to see is like, we wanna see how far we can push this. We spend about an hour a day looking for the perfect mountain to climb, to yeah. watch the sunset and camp at. So where, where we used to stop, where we used to think the adventure uh, began. is now not it's just
2: the beginning. Now yeah. it's
1: just the beginning to an endless road of craziness, man.
0: Fantastic, pushing boundaries. And 40 days is appropriate with today's starting Lent. So that's perfect for you guys. How can people stay up to date? How can they follow along uh, social media names and how can they find more about Captain Manicorn?
1: Wasn't there some religious dude who went out in the desert for 40, days, yeah, or 40 something. days? I
0: think I might've heard about that once or
1: twice. Yeah. Instagram, where actually is my favorite because we do all the live stories through all of the craziness. The show is about six months behind all the time, but Instagram stories is pretty live much
2: daily. up uh,
1: live daily. And We're trying to do a good job of keeping all that going. But there's also YouTube um and then you can also always just pull out your wallet and give me all your cash so it's essentially i'll help you spend it i'll help you show you what i believe the dream looks like one credit card at a time <laughs>
2: <laughs> something i want to add as well that um our, a passion that we kind of discovered in kindled during this trip was helping stray dogs mm-hmm. um in america we don't you know you have you have shelters right any stray dogs are put into a shelter tucked away and if they're not adopted they're killed right they don't have the money for that here especially in the, the eastern europe and, and really most countries in the world so yeah. the dogs just roam free having two dogs ourselves and traveling with our dogs obviously we have a passion we love dogs and it was heartbreaking really seeing what a lot of these dogs go through out here and we start we put two bins on top of our van and we started feeding as many as we could every day because the dog food is relatively cheap and it kind of turned into a passion project that we called Feed a Stray a Day, where every day we go looking for stray dogs to that feed. Cool. And with, from that, we actually have people around the world that have caught on to this tag that are also now feeding stray dogs. And our dream is to be able to create a movement through what we do, where we have people all over the world trying to feed strays every day in different countries and hoping that, that kind of snowballs, you know. And if we, if we can help stray dogs from our show, then like, you know, for me that's a win, right? That makes that makes it just the icing on the cake. Um, yeah. well, that's been a big part of what we do as well, obviously traveling with our dogs. I mean I am pretty sure our dogs are bigger characters on the show than we are, right?
1: Well, I like the dogs more than you.
0: And that's and that's yeah, Freedom yeah, I and I don't know the second dog's
1: name. Freedom and Journey. We, we dog da- we found her in Albania. In the forest. Uh, in the forest six months ago we found this little puppy that was like the size of my fist and uh she is the, called a the bundle of joy she pretty much terrorizes but she's got balkan spirit and we thought she was going to be a very kind of a meaty, medium-sized dog but she's growing she won't grew, stop growing she won't stop growing so we live in a vw T. that's why we built the second story on the vw <laughs> so that we could get away from the dogs no honestly one dog sleeps between my legs the pit bull, and the other dog sleeps between sander's legs so we don't have any free space anymore mm-hmm. so people can find us out on coffee manicorn we're exhausted. I don't know if you could tell we ranted a lot tonight. We're normally much more metic like articulate oh, no. with our words, but I'm just kind of just kind of feeling it out here. I want you guys <laughs> to be exhausted.
0: You guys should be exhausted with all you're doing. That's a full day though as well. Every you know if you live every day like that and you're doing it right.
2: Every day, every day. It used to take me like 20 minutes to go to sleep every day. 20, minutes. I hate it because he was out instantly. But something happened where each day I. Just I lay down within minutes I'm asleep and I chalk it up to like I'm squeezing the day like a wet towel, you know, like yep. just, I got nothing left. <laughs>
1: That's a good one. So we'll rally we'll rally with this. This is what people say living the dream. I wake up at 4 45, I work on a computer until eight eight a.m. Ed- editing, doing office work, whatever it is. At eight o'clock I work out for one hour. From nine o'clock to nine thirty, I eat breakfast. From nine thirty to ten o'clock, I have a production meeting. From ten o'clock until five o'clock, we go out and fly, climb, whatever it is, drive to Whatever we're doing, we never drive past sunset. Then we have dinner. Then we have a nightly meeting, and then we work for three more hours before we go to bed. That's what it takes to be successful, in my opinion. That's what our daily daily routine is seven days a week, two you know, three hundred and fifty six days a year. Mm-hmm.
0: It's fantastic, guys. I hope that at some point this year I can meet up with you guys wherever
1: you're at. Yeah, it's been awesome. I'm, I'm glad I love to keep talking to you. Hope you guys, all your viewers out there, hope you guys appreciate it. Drop us a line. We really love to talk to everybody. It's kind of lonely sometimes. So, uh, you know, freedom doesn't really have the best conversation skills. So <laughs> I appreciate if everybody reaches out, says hello. We love to engage with everybody. And I appreciate your time, man. It means the world that you uh, find value in talking to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys
0: are the best. I, I hope we chat again, but thank you so much for today. Ciao. Bye, Ciao. Guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Much appreciation to Jamie and Sandra. For more information, check out CaptainManicorn.com. And be sure to give them a follow on Instagram. My new book, Curiosity, is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone has unique expertise, and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. Featuring 200 episodes from the Any Given Runway Show, Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, Curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life. Everyone has a story. Each person is a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Aviento.
1: I'm here live. It's not, I'm not a cat i can I can see that.